Not being allowed to sleep or having your sleep continually disrupted results in sleep deprivation. It is a form of abuse, and psychology today goes so far as to call it torture. There is a direct correlation between sleep deprivation and the reign of power and manipulation one person has over another, the hallmark of domestic abuse. And as William says of his experience, it doesn't leave a mark. This podcast contains adult themes, language, and violence. It is not suited to all audiences and may be triggering to some. In many cases, the names and details within these episodes have been changed to protect privacy. Opinions expressed by guests of the show do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast or its producers. Welcome to Isolated, a podcast about male victims of domestic abuse and control, as well as those suffering as a result of parent alienation syndrome. We are not therapists or experts in this field, but seek to bring these issues to light and provide awareness of early warning signs of abusive behavior and resources for help. Hey, ISOs, I'm Navi Carpenter. And I'm Chella. Chella, are there any juicy tidbits in the news lately? Actually, there is some good news. Awesome. I need some good news. Yeah, definitely. Um, Amber Heard is no longer being unerringly seen as the victim in her past marriage to Johnny Depp. Yay. Her Instagram posts are really getting slammed. And a lot of people in the public are calling for outlets like E! News to stop giving Heard any press. There's comments like, quote, stop promoting abusers, stop trying to make her happen. No one wants it, end quote. And another said, quote, justice for Johnny Depp and all male victims, end quote. Fabulous. And for those of you just joining us, we did a two-part episode on the alleged abuse between the two and asked you to decide for yourself who abused who. Sounds like the general public is going with Team Depp, as we have here at Isolated Podcast. I bet he wishes he never laid eyes on that woman. His life has been such a mess since he met her. And recently, she had a baby girl through a surrogate whom she named Una. O-O-N-A-U-G-H. Poor Una, man. Well, there's some more inspiring news. Um, an article by Martin Bentham in UK Standard talks about how Met police officers are going to be receiving new training to aid them in spotting abusers who are using coercive control as a means to manipulate and abuse their domestic partners. The article states, quote, Scotland Yard says the aim is to make officers better able to detect and gather evidence about such crimes and improve understanding of the tactics used by perpetrators to cover up their offending, end quote. The training will use counselors and former officers to train more than 8,000 frontline police to spot subtle signs, behaviors, and traits of all forms of domestic abuse. That includes how to identify and gather evidence, how perpetrators hide evidence and their tactics of manipulation, as well as to challenge victim blaming. What's really cool is that the Met has introduced an online reporting system, which is an on the down low way of reporting that your partner is abusing you. So now those in abusive relationships who can't you know, go pick up a phone or get down to the police station, et cetera, can report their abuse if they have access to the internet. That's great. The site also tells you how to clear your browsing history so there's no evidence you've even been there. 
They've covered all the bases. Yeah, they know. Mm-hmm. They know what's going on. Yeah. And let's say you go to the site and start filling out the form, but you hear your abuser coming into the room. You just hit the leave this site button and it closes the window and automatically opens the Google search engine. That is so cool. It sounds like they're trying so hard to think of all the avenues that people might be able to report, you know, this is going on and I'm not happy about it. Yeah, I need they're help. trying to be like one step ahead. Yeah, that's awesome. Domestic abuse campaigns are calling for greater recognition of the number of male victims. An estimated 450,000 men suffer from domestic abuse every year in the UK, a third of all total cases. But of course, the real figure could be much higher, with men less likely than women to talk about their experience or to report it. Skies North of England correspondent Katerina Vitozzi talked to one survivor who spoke on condition of anonymity. So we will just call him William. And this is his story. William said, quote, some things my wife would do sound so trivial when you say them out loud. But when it goes on and on, these things add up. She said, I slept too much. It got to a point where I was so tired, I couldn't even complete a sentence. Eventually, a nurse diagnosed me with acute sleep deprivation, end quote. So, Chella, let's break down sleep deprivation as a form of abuse. We've heard about it being used in interrogations. We've seen prisoners in movies forced to stand with obnoxiously loud music playing for days on end. In domestic partnerships, it works a little bit differently. In several of the episodes we've been covering, interrupted sleep is one of the forms of abuse. And Psychology Today labels it as torture that a perpetrator uses against a target. There are several ways an abuser can cause you to be sleep deprived, as if the abuse already occurring isn't sufficient enough for you not to be able to sleep. I mean, can you imagine? No, don't mess with my sleep. (laughs) In addition, the abuser may make loud noises, slam doors, cupboards, and that sort of thing to constantly disrupt your sleep. They might wake you in the middle of the night demanding that you talk to them or have sex or give them undivided attention. As we've previously covered regarding some of these heinous monster partners, they smack you in the head with a bottle in the middle of the night or pour boiling water on you. As with my brother, he was forced to sleep in his car or in the garage in extreme temperatures. So abusers are pretty creative with it. They have essentially weaponized sleep deprivation because it actually dovetails very nicely with everything they're trying to accomplish. Right, Chella? Right. So sleep is obviously super vital to your health. Um, I know how important it is to you. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. I need to sleep. You know, it's during sleep that our bodies and minds recover and heal. Mm -hmm. No sleep, no recovery. And you'll get more and more deregulated. Articles on Psych Reg and Psychology Today bring up the following points. One is sleep deprivation causes feelings of fatigue, irritability, and difficulty concentrating. There'll be memory blanks, which make it easier for gaslighting to occur. Very true. Number two, since memory is affected, it's easier to make a victim believe that they were at fault for any violent or aggressive incident because they just don't remember it clearly. Mm. Three, as you become further sleep deprived, it will become more difficult to read and speak clearly. Judgment will also be impaired. So whereas you may have had the wherewithal to seek help or realize you needed help, maybe now you don't. Number four, continued deprivation effects include disorientation, apathy, lethargy, and social withdrawal, leading to isolation. And isolation is the abuser's playground. Absolutely. As we know. Yeah. Five. 
As a victim, you're often walking around on eggshells, trying desperately not to mess up in order to avoid an incident. But sleep deprivation will cause you to make mistakes, giving the perpetrator fuel for more abuse. They'll even use your falling asleep as a reason to abuse you. So you yourself fear falling asleep. It's really a crazy, horrible cycle. That one's a catch-22. But I, yeah, I, I guess I never realized how important sleep is. You really will become very, very sick if you are constantly forced to stay awake. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's no comparing, but try to remember having a newborn. I was thinking of that when we were going over this article and researching it. I was thinking, wow. I mean, new parents must absolutely yeah. be sleep deprived and be experiencing to some extent all of these things. I would have to say when I was a mom for the first time, that was the hardest thing. You go from sleeping whenever you want, like a normal person, right. to this little thing now controls your world mm -hmm. and your sleep. And so I can't fathom being in a relationship where it's not this baby that needs you, but it's this, this abuser. adult is controlling your yeah, sleep. It's, it's tough. An article on Vice.com said that this type of abuse, quote, brings into sharp relief the connection between sleep deprivation and the establishment of a regime of power and control by one person over another, the hallmark of domestic violence. In one study done on the subject, researchers determined sleep deprivation was clearly a direct strategy of abuse used by perpetrators. It also indirectly undermined the mental and physical resilience of the victim, end quote, and it doesn't leave a mark. William's wife sounds like many of the crazy women we talk about on this podcast. He said, quote, if we were driving and we were stopped at a traffic light, she'd tell me to drive through the red light. And if I didn't, she'd seethe. In, what Why? does she want? Does she have a death wish? Yeah, she's in there too. Exactly. I was 44 when we married, he said, and I realized that there was a problem just a few months after getting married. Bummer. It began with my wife complaining about my relatives, particularly my foster daughter, who has now grown up, end quote. So William's foster daughter had been part of his life for 25 years when he met this woman, but his new wife would tell his friends that this is unusual, intimating that it was somehow, you know, nefarious or wrong that they were close to each other. No. And obviously this foster child's been in his life longer than his wife has. She has every right to, exactly. to have people in his life. Now, what, before do you, her. what do you know, crazy lady? What do you know? William said, quote, she'd call my daughter feral to my face, say that she was spending too much time with men, that she was after every man she could get. And as far as she was concerned, my daughter just didn't have appropriate behavior. She would tell people that my contact with my daughter was most unusual, end quote. Sounds like jealousy. It does. It does. I want you all myself kind of thing. William's confidence in his father-daughter relationship waned, and he caved into his wife's desire that he not see her. He became isolated and hugely regrets that he even denied walking her down the aisle when she got married. Oh, that's, that's a big so regret sad. he'll have. His isolation was so complete that upon hearing of the birth of her baby, he had not even known she was pregnant. Wow. So it's like parent alienation syndrome, but backwards. 
So instead of the spouse convincing the kid that mom or dad is bad, the abuser is convincing the parent that the kid is bad and needs to be alienated and punished. I, I know. But William said that the alienation extended beyond his daughter to all the key people in his life that were important to him. And we've seen this in almost every episode we've talked to. The isolation is complete. She checked his emails to ensure he wasn't meeting up with anyone. William thought maybe his wife was jealous. He said she was. Yeah. yeah. He said, quote, there was a point at which I thought the problem actually was to do with other women. So I thought maybe we could meet friends together. Like, let's all go out in a group and be social. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't acceptable. So over time, he was isolated from family, from the people that mattered most to him. And she would say that she was a better judge of friends and who to be friends with. So now he can't have his old friends Mm -mm. or daughter or new friends with her. Right. Just her. Just her. Yeah. That's a big that's a big warning. That's like sign. being locked in a closet with a with a monster that doesn't let you sleep. He said, "Quote: My confidence went down and down. I just doubted myself more and more. It resulted in me not only doubting myself when I was talking to my wife, but doubting myself in other situations as well. Thinking, have I got it wrong? Have I been a bad judge of friends? Wow, that's not even something I thought would come up. That's true. It does make you doubt." Like, are you picking the wrong people? Is something wrong with you? Well, that's the whole grooming process. That's the whole indoctrinating cult that you are not enough and you are not good and you don't have good skills and therefore you must trust and rely completely on this perpetrator. He said, quote, all sorts of crazy things went on. Her aim was to create arguments. We would arrange to eat a particular meal. My wife would cook it, which is lovely, but she would serve up something very different to what we discussed 30 minutes earlier. And then she tried to provoke me to complain about it to start an argument. And these arguments could never just end. Probably because they were about nothing. Right. That's so stupid. Sometimes I would go out of the house to try and get away from the arguments. But she started saying she feared for my state of mind when I was outside. Eventually, she persuaded me to agree not to leave the house. But there was one instance when I decided to do it anyway. I grabbed my car keys and quickly got in the car. I was just pulling away, letting my foot off the clutch when she opened the passenger door and jumped in the car, sort of flinging herself across me as I braked. And as a result, she had a minor injury from that and the windshield was cracked. She then claimed that it was all my fault. It meant I could never get away from an argument, so I had to plan my escape route within the home. If there was an argument, I'd grab my laptop, run up the stairs, barricade myself in a room with a chair against the door handle. She'd be outside the door taunting me, telling me to come out. But in those moments, I was trying to piece together what was going on. I couldn't understand it. I was very confused about it. I felt like I was going mad. I knew there was a problem, but I was denying it. I was thinking I ought to be able to handle this situation. I ought to be able to sort the situation out. I ought to be able to make the marriage work, end quote. So sleep deprivation would absolutely be notching all of these feelings up a level. It sounds like like we said earlier, totally goes hand in hand with what a perpetrator is trying to do. Yeah. And he thinks he's nuts. Make you feel yeah out of sorts and nuts yeah. and unable to handle anything. If the lack of sleep makes you confused, forgetful, foggy and lack judgment, then it fits that your thoughts would run to the wrong conclusion and that you wouldn't be able to find, much less execute a solution to an issue. Right. His wife would wake him in the middle of the night, claim he had stopped breathing. 
William thought this was a crock of shit because half the time she did it, he wasn't even asleep at the time. He was just relaxed and laying And plus, there. is she like hovering over him, listening yeah. to his breath? No, she just wants to wake him up. But she insisted he see a doctor who diagnosed him with acute sleep deprivation. Even after the diagnosis, his wife did not care. Early morning on his day off, she pulled the covers off the bed and demanded, where's my breakfast? As opposed to letting him sleep. I mean, can you imagine? The doctor just said your husband is severely sleep deprived and he has one day to sleep in and she needs breakfast off the covers and wants him to make her breakfast. Yeah. What a bitch. Okay. Anyway, William said, quote, I eventually decided to go and see a friend who my wife had been very keen for me not to see. My friend suggested that I contact the Mankind Initiative. The real recognition came when I was looking at their website. They had the definitions of domestic abuse on it and just the standard ones that are recognized everywhere, but I was overwhelmed by what I saw. I wept and wailed. I'd never done that before. Suddenly, I was recognizing what had happened to me. I'm probably feeling somewhat validated. Yeah, thank God for organizations like that. Yeah, and we have a link to the Mankind Initiative on our website as well. I did contact the police about my experience, he said, but it was like they weren't even interested. When I made a complaint about my wife, I was laughed at by the officer that came around. We've heard that before. Sadly, he said, it's probably really what happens in most uh, cases. He said, I think men are more reticent to come forward because they won't be believed. But I was also worried that the police would label me as the abuser because I had been shouting back at my wife. So I didn't come forward. I wish I had done something. That's so sad that he didn't even feel he feels like because I'm yelling at her back. I'm an abuser. And yeah. you and I have talked about that. After doing these episodes, we yeah. look at what we say and do and raise our voice differently. Yeah. You know, am I being abusive? And I think that's a good question to ask. But if somebody is targeting you and you're trying to... I mean, if this website lists definitions of abuse and you meet all those... I think shouting back at your wife is self-defense at that point. Right. But as we talked about in a previous episode with the psychologists, it's probably the wrong thing to do. You're trying to right. talk logic to an illogical person. Yeah. You're but gonna, it's, you're it's the human. It's a human reaction. It's so the it's, automatic response. But yeah. It's for those in abusive re- relationships. You need to realize that it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Be boring. I, remember? Remember? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I, you know, coming, I am a shouter. Like I tend to raise my voice and yell. And sometimes I'm not even mad. I'm just a loud person. Right. But I'm passionate. Yeah, I am. But I, I try to remember, yeah, sometimes shouting is not the answer. You know, one thing does not nix another. Mm-hmm. You can't say, you know, she deserved to not let me sleep because I shouted a couple times. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So William said, quote, there is a stigma to it for men. They think they've got to be strong. They think they have to cope. I'd say to a man from my own experience, get advice from people who can help you, who specialize in this field. As for me, seven years in, my wife and I are now divorced. I am recovering still, end quote. Wow. Uh, On Reddit, one man talked about his wife using sleep deprivation to try to get him to move out, which is interesting. Uh, The guy on Reddit said, quote, my wife will not allow me to sleep anywhere in our apartment. She has stated that this is because she wants me to leave and she's vowed to make my life miserable until I do. Rude. Just (laughs) just ask him. Right. (laughs) I mean, let's finish the story, but I have a few questions. 
If I try to sleep on the couch, she'll play the TV loudly or sit nearby me with her laptop also playing a TV show loudly or stand over me talking or yelling to disturb me. If I try to go to bed, she will flip the mattress over. When I tried to sleep in the spare bedroom, she blocked my way and shoved me aside. If I asked her for an alternative option for where I can sleep without being harassed, she will only say that I can leave or stay in my car, end quote. Jeez, that's terrible. Now, a side note, I would leave, right? I right. mean, that sounds like the rational thing to do. But as we know, it's not I mean, that we don't, easy. And it's not easy. And we don't really know his situation. Maybe he can't afford it. Maybe they signed a lease and he yeah. has names on it. I don't know. But it's, I don't know, staying in my car sounds like pretty nice at this point. Well, yeah, except uh, where does he live? Is it, you know, yeah, we 45 know. degrees we below zero We have no idea. There? I just... You know, you could die in your car. Yeah, absolutely. some elements. And that's why there needs to be more uh, shelters for men. They sure do. She can't be getting much sleep either, by the way, because she's always harassing him. Yeah, and she's hulking the mattress over, apparently. Which means they're both having poor judgment and irritability, which does not bode well at all in domestic abuse situations. PsychCentral.com tells the story of Ralph, who was married to an ER nurse, They had been having some rather large marital problems, and one night, Ralph laid down on his bed and went to sleep. He awoke in the middle of the night with a pillow over his face and his wife straddling him. He thought to, I think this is so interesting, he thought to himself, I'll just lay here for a minute and see if she intends to remove the pillow, which, as oxygen became more difficult, appeared she had no intention of doing. Like there, like if she was playing chicken or something, or it almost sounded like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna see how this plays out. I would be like have enough fit from the minute I will realize there was somebody pressing a pillow on my face. Yeah, that's scary. So he makes a sudden movement that startled her, and she removed the pillow. And when he asked her what the hell she was doing, she said, "Oh, no big deal. I'm just joking." I like how he made a sudden movement that startled her. She's like, "Dang, you're not." passed out You're already dead? yeah, yeah. J- joking though come on didn't you say she was a nurse right yeah pretty ER sh- nurse yeah i'm pretty sure people aren't joking when they try to suffocate you much less an er nurse you would think she would know that it's kind of important to breathe his therapist told him to press charges against her but he didn't because according to him this kind of thing was normal in her marriage She frequently caused his sleep disturbances, which explains his difficulty remembering details, his brain fog and propensity to lose things, inability to concentrate and his erratic emotions. Chella, read Ralph's list of ways his wife caused him sleep deprivation. Okay, these are rough. Um, Okay, woke him up after he fell asleep. She would wake him up up a few hours after he went to bed to restart an earlier disagreement because she was unable to sleep without a resolution oh well of course there was no resolution that would satisfy her unless it was exactly what she wanted Mm. and even if he gave in and essentially said you win you're right i'm wrong she would belittle him saying he was just trying to get back to sleep because he needed his beauty rest which yeah obs yeah not my beauty rest but my mental health rest yeah. thank you very much um claimed that he was snoring so at least twice a night ralph's wife would wake him up to say that he was snoring okay okay wait a sec now my hubby snores loudly and he actually tells me to wake him up or give him a nudge or tell him to roll over or whatever when it's disturbing my sleep which it totally does 
Yeah, but we, we not, both come from snoring. Yeah. <laughs> we share a bed with a snorer. So I'm not sure I would keep this one on the list. I mean, in my defense, I only do it if it's super bad. I use earplugs and a sound machine. I do whatever I can. You are a nicer but- wife than me. I, <laughs> My husband, I make him wear those Band-Aids on his nose. Oh, yeah. Or he now has graduated from Band-Aids to these like nose plugs. Oh, they like go okay. up his nose. And help get air in. Does that help? I... You know, sometimes it does. If he's more tired, I found that he snores more. But the point here is yeah. there's other <laughs> options. Don't beat him yeah. while he's snoring All in right. his sleep. So one night, Ralph secretly recorded their slumber. And he said he hadn't even been snoring at all. Just like when he hadn't really been sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. Another is um, shared paranoid thoughts and feelings just before bed. So she would come up with all these indications or incidences that she felt led to Ralph lying or cheating. And she would just keep talking about it until it was time for bed. At that point, Ralph was so confused by her conclusions. He would just lay in bed thinking, how did she add two plus two and get one? Yeah. So like mass confusion here. Right. And he's just cycling in his own mind. and can't sleep. And we all know what that's like. Oh, I've done it. Thinking, thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Another is punished him for napping. So on the weekends, Ralph would try and take a nap to catch up on some sleep that he didn't get all week. But his wife would just play music really loud to wake him up. Once he gave in and got up, she'd give him the cold shoulder for ignoring her by sleeping during the day. Oh, brother. Can't win for losing. That's exactly it. Yeah. So another is expected him to video chat at night, which is this one's really bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh, Ralph's wife sometimes worked the night shift at the hospital. And when she did, she would make him video chat with her and walk through all the rooms to make sure no one else was with him. They're annoyed much. Right. And then he had to put the phone on her pillow Uh as he tried to drift off to sleep. But once he did, she would yell into the phone to wake him. That's, That's when I'm turning my phone off. Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, bad connection. Oh. Can off. you imagine every night having to take your phone and walk through the house and say, see, clear, all clear. No. And I'm all for these couples that, you know, FaceTime or Face video chat, you know, if they haven't seen each other, they're working nights. But right. it's like, hi, it's good to see you. I hope you sleep well. Good night. Not like let's drift. I'm going to watch you sleep by my phone. That's weird. We've gone a little farther. Yeah. Okay. The next one cried wolf in the middle of the night so she would wake ralph swearing she had heard a strange noise and would not go back to bed until he thoroughly investigated after which she kept him up even longer by interrogating him about it made violent threats just before bed she would say things like i could kill you in your sleep and no one would know well it sounds like she already tried yeah and i'm seriously hoping i don't have to go to the hospital and wind up with this with this nurse. chick as my nurse. Yeah. That was the first time she ever tried to follow through. He said, mm-hmm. while the threats caused him stress and made it harder to fall asleep after the pillow incident. Right. Ralph said he always felt like he was sleeping with one eye open. Sure. You can't, even if you could sleep, you can't sleep soundly. Pillowgate. Thinking <laughs> pillowgate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, threw water on him in the morning. Sometimes poor Ralph would try and sleep in to catch up on the Z's he lost the night before. But his wife would pour cold water on him and tell him how lazy he was. Well, as awful as that sounds, I'm a little glad it's not boiling water because we've heard that one way too yeah, many times. Yeah, those are bad. That's bad. Um, and attempted to have sex with him. Good grief. Ralph would wake up to find his wife on top of him trying to have sex. 
when they were newlyweds, he thought it was kind of, you know, like a turn on, it's kinky. But he soon came to realize the only time she wanted to have sex was when he was sleeping. This woman is nuts. So she only wanted to have sex if it was going to cause Ralph more distress. She sounds like such a weirdo. Ralph finally got a divorce, though, and it sounds like none too soon. And I hope he's catching up on all his Z's Oh, my now. gosh. That's probably all he does. He probably has a hammock, yeah. and he's just taking... Ralph's it. been asleep since 2015. Yeah. <laughs> Update. The ultimate goal of sleep deprivation is for the victim to be so worn out that they give in to whatever it is the abuser wants. It's easier to control and manipulate someone who is so tired they can't see straight CareLodge.com states that purposeful sleep deprivation can cause serious health problems such as heart disease, heart attack, heart failure, irregular heartbeats, high blood pressure, stroke, diabetes, depression, aged skin, and weight gain. Gosh, ISO, sleep is so important. And if you're not getting your seven or more hours a night due to disturbance from your partner, it's time to make a change. Agreed. So ISOs, please remember that we are curating a list of resources for help. Whenever we come across an organization that could possibly help you, we put it on our website, broken down by geographical area. So check it out if you need support. We also uh, started our private Facebook group for male victims of domestic abuse and supporters. And we have a link to that in our show notes. We hope you'll take advantage of the opportunity to share your experiences, celebrate what works and support those who are in the thick of it. Yeah, I I really hope that you guys will start supporting one another. And those of you who have the means to do so, please support the work of this podcast through our Patreon page. Proceeds will go to the Metanoia Men's Therapy Group to pay for counseling for male victims. We have put their number, their phone number in the show notes as they can do Zoom sessions for anyone outside their area. They are one of the few counseling groups that has lots of experience with narcissism and coercive control by females of their male partners. And it's so important to talk to a therapist if you're going to go for therapy that understands what the heck is going on, because not a lot of them do. So please think about becoming a Patreon member so that we can keep this important work going. And next season, when we tell your brother's story in detail, Patreon members will get bonus content with each episode where psychologists break down the nitty gritty even more. I'm super excited about that, actually, because usually our episodes give a very bird's eye view of the relationship between the perpetrator and their target, because all we have to go on is some news articles and possibly a YouTube interview. But in season two, we are in the ink word for word showing you how the narcissist takes control one bit at a time. And the extra content for Patreon subscribers will detail the psychology behind it all. I think that's going to be really cool. Yeah. And I I think also because it's such a personal story, it's just going to be that much more info and firsthand stuff. Right. So I suppose I guess that's it for today. If you'd like to share your story, insight or advice, please contact us through our website, isolatedpodcast.com or send an email to notalone at isolatedpodcast.com. As always, we pray for your welfare and healing. Until next time, be safe, be smart, and survive. If you or someone you love is being abused by an intimate partner, We have resources listed on our website at isolatedpodcast.com. If you have an experience, expertise, or advice you'd like to share, 
please send an email to notalone at isolatedpodcast.com or visit our website. Your privacy, should you desire it, is a top priority for us. You can support the work of this podcast and help fund much-needed therapy for men who can't afford it by becoming a member through our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash isolated podcast, which also gets you perks and benefits unavailable to non-members. You can cancel at any time. Your five-star review on iTunes will also help promote the show and help listeners find the podcast. Thank you so much for your support.